Praise the Lord from Pastor Strader at Lighthouse Church. Thanks for connecting with us through our podcast. Our prayer is that it's a blessing to you as we try to reach, equip, and mobilize Jesus' name disciples in Apache Junction, Arizona, and the surrounding region. Enjoy today's podcast and come back often. God bless you. We love you. one more hand clap of praise and thanksgiving. Amen. You can be seated. It is a high honor to be with you. I get to watch your services quite often. It started with watching your service, see if I can get a glimpse of the organ player over here. Uh, But I really enjoyed and uh, don't get to watch it as often because our time moved to about an hour difference. So I wasn't quite home or out of church time. Y'all were well going. But now we're back two hours apart after this morning. And we'll remain that way because Mississippi has got on board. We're not changing our time. So we're excited about that. Amen. No more moving forward or, or springing forward or moving back. It is an honor to be here today, and I'm humbled and grateful and thankful to be with this good church, your pastor and pastor's wife. We love them, appreciate them, and also give honor to Sister Akers, uh, and the Akers family, and the Codwell family. You know, um, if I could take just a minute before I start preaching this morning, uh, I'm, I'm just a country boy from Mississippi, and come way out in Arizona, and uh, Met people I never, ever heard of before. And this family is so special. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. But they made me feel like a part of the family from day one. And it wasn't put on. It wasn't just, okay, this is what we're supposed to do, so we're going to do the right thing. It was who they were, and it just has, I have felt like family. And, and that means a lot to me, and I've shared that with my children, how well this family has loved me. And, treated me and took me right in. And uh, my children love Sister Akers. And our church loves her, and they're looking forward to the First Lady. Amen. They're, they're, they're excited about Sister Akers being with us in Tupelo, Mississippi. She's been there twice already, and it hadn't ran her away yet. So we might be all right. Let's stand together for the Word of the Lord. I'm excited about the future. Amen for Lighthouse Pentecostal Church. Everybody say, I'm excited about the future. Oh, come on, somebody. I'm excited about field pews or seats and field baptistries. I'm excited about a new building. Hello. I'm excited about reaching the city of Apache Junction because that's the plan of God and that's the will of God. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Very familiar verse. Now unto him, everybody say him, Him. that is able to do exceeding, I love the wording here, it's it's, it's casting away every possibility of doubt. Amen. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask, or think, amen, according to the power that worketh in us. 
Now see, there's a connection there. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we should ask or think. I don't know about you, but I thought some things I didn't ask. Hello? Sometimes we'll let our imagination run wild, but God loves that. But according to the power, there's a power that operates in us that we'll just release it. Hello, somebody. And we'll just let God have His way. God, we thank You for the opportunity for the Word of the Lord today and to be in service with this great church and family. God, we know You've come with a divine purpose, God, to speak to our hearts, but to do a work in our midst that will go further than just this morning. God, that You're going to take us to places we've never been. We're going to experience things we've never experienced. We're going to walk in new territories as Your people that we've never walked in. Hallelujah. And I pray for the anointing to help me deliver your word and help us receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll title this this morning, Lift or Take the Limits Off of God. Now, everything that we know physically has limits. Amen. Like credit cards. Has limits. When we were in the middle of construction of our church, we found out our limit wasn't high enough because we were just made it easy to give our uh, projection uh, project manager the card and just let him purchase materials. But there's a couple of times we reached that limit, so we have to raise that limit. Thank God we could do that. But there is speed limits if we pay them attention. Amen. It's, it's wise to do that. Doctors have limits. All of mankind has limits. Everything that we are familiar with in the physical realm has limits. We each of us have limits. As, as a parent, sometimes I've reached those limits. How about you? Amen. But on the other hand, we serve a God that it can do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that we should ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. For we know that with God nothing is impossible. Can I get a witness this morning? This tells us that God can do anything. And that word when it says nothing, that means no thing is impossible with God. And anything is possible with God. Amen. The angel heard Sarah laugh at the announcement of her upcoming conception and give birth to the promise that was given to her and Abraham. And she laughed. And the angel walked over to her tent and he asked her this question, Is anything too hard for the Lord? If we're not careful, we're going to categorize things that may be a little more difficult for God. But that's in us. That's not in God. For there's not anything too hard for the Lord. Because He has all power in heaven and in earth. And we know through scriptures that He can do anything. But can I share with you today? God has limits. And we're going to talk about removing those limits today. I'm not contradicting my earlier statements, but just bear with me for a moment. For in Matthew chapter 13 and 57, it says, And they were offended in him, 
But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. In verse 58 it says, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So we understand by this that God was limited by their unbelief. There was much he would have loved to have done. There was great things he desired to do. They missed out on some incredible opportunities simply because of their unbelief. So this gives us the understanding, even though he is a limitless God, he is still limited on what we will allow him to do. I wonder today in my own life how many things God would have loved to have done if my faith would have released him to do that. I wonder in our hearts today, what is it that God's waiting to do in your life, in my life? He's just waiting on us to give an open door for him to walk through and him to work miraculous, for him to work great things in our city and in our lives. But we've got to lift those limits off of God and say, God, whatever you want to do, whatever my needs are, whatever mountain I face, whatever storms I encounter, whatever need I have, God, you're able. Well, hallelujah, anyhow. We're limited by faith, our unbelief. I don't know about you, but my faith isn't always perfect. It's not always in high gear. It's not always popping out at the pinnacle. Sometimes it's kind of low. Sometimes it struggles. Hello? Hello? But God is limited by our obedience or our disobedience. Just bear with me. We're going somewhere this morning if you don't mind. The word of the Lord said, I set set before you this day a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey. And a curse if you don't obey. So that tells us the ball is in our court. How many of you want blessings? We all want blessings. We want the best of what God has. But God is saying, I've said it before you. You've got a great option. What a wonderful choice that we have. He said, I set before you a blessing if you will obey it. I set before you curses if you don't obey. It's not up to God whether he blesses us or not. It's according to us whether he blesses us. He's already opened the door for blessings. He's already made the way for blessings. Like any good father, he wants to bless his children, but we make the choice. And so when I don't obey him, I limit those blessings in my life and in my family. But when we obey God, my friend, we got to take it to heart. Every step of obedience comes with the blessings of God. And every disobedience comes with some curses that come upon us. It is an established truth. We ought to wake up every day of our life not looking for blessings, but we ought to wake up looking for obedience that says, I want to walk in the ways of God. We want to do what you want us to do. We're going to seek your face. We're going to obey the word of God, and blessings will come. Blessings will flow, and we don't need to limit God by the blessings he has stored up for you and I. And so is God limited by blessing us? Yeah, he is. By our obedience or our disobedience. That ought to make us, not that we're all about blessings, but we want to walk in the favor of God. 
And when we obey Him, blessings are poured out and the limits are lifted off of Him. But when we disobey God, there's a cap put on and the blessings cannot flow and the blessings will not flow. I know there's some general blessings just by, by living life and serving a great God, but there's such greater than that that God wants to bless us. I believe there's people here right now that you're on the brink of the greatest blessings of your life. God's ready to take you by the hand and walk you into territories, walk you into a dimension of the Spirit, walk you into a day of revival for your family, that year old, that 15-year-old, that 30-year-old prayer that you've been praying for God to do. God is getting ready to give you that promise. Hello, somebody. I said God is getting ready to release that miracle. I'm not here just trying to preach things that would make you feel good or hype us up a little bit that'll do us no good. I'm here to preach and to reach for somebody to say, you know what, God? I'm just going to go ahead and believe you for it today. I'm just going to go ahead and give you a chance. There's not a thing in my life you can't do. Woo! Well, clap your hands to the Lord. Can I just go ahead and tell you there's more there? Now, if I, I, I don't eat a lot of light bread. I, I like it, just ain't supposed to eat it. And so I buy the wheat. You know, it took me about a year to get used to eating that stuff. But that, that's what I buy, but I throw it away. I, I give it away. I, I eat a sandwich or two, and that's about it. I'm done before, because there's an expiration date. Because they know that in a time process that that bread will begin to soil. It'll begin to spoil. It'll mold. You'll look in there, and it's got not the right colors on there. So, you know, it's time to cast it to the dogs, if you will. But there's one thing I've learned. God's promises have no expiration dates. Hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel strong in the Holy Ghost to tell somebody you need to remove that expiration date off of your promise. It might have been five years, ten years down the road, whatever it might be, but God is not done. God is not through working. God is not limited by our time frame, but God's going to keep on working. He's going to keep on answering prayers. I was telling Sister Akers on the way over, there's a precious couple in our church, Brother and Sister Mass. They, I, I'm just telling you, you just had to know him. Them, he was an encourager, and she was a precious saint. She was the kind that wrote, had her little tablet. She wrote every service. She had notes. They gave me her book to look at before her homegoing service, and it's just filled with notes. And they were just that kind of people. But every service, Sister Mask, and every prayer would be that our, their two sons would. One was backslidden and another was in a charismatic church and, and she wanted them in truth and she would pray. And, and I'm sure there were doubters in the, in the crowd because those boys is far from God. One's deep and charismatic. The other one's just, I mean, he just ain't doing good at all. But can I tell you, after Sister Mass died, I heard her make that prayer for 18 years and there was no movement. There was no change whatsoever. But then I tell you, both of those boys are in a united Pentecostal 
Pentecostal church living for God. One of them is a licensed Pentecostal preacher today that was the prayers of a mama that didn't die when she breathed her last breath. Can I tell you, you're living upon prayers of mama or grandpa or grandma from days gone by. We're living on the prayers that were prayed before then. But can I tell you, God is working in your life, in your family. He's working to answer those prayers because there's not a limit. There's not an expiration date on the promises of God. I would to God we get a revelation of that this morning and say, you know what? I want to be like Abraham. The Bible says in Romans 4 that Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief. I wish we would disbar everything that causes us to stagger at the promises of God. I wish we would just push it out of our life and say, I refuse to stagger. My God said it. He is able to bring it to pass. Oh, to take the, everybody said, I'm going to take the limits off of God. You know, there's times we think we have them off, but then we might not really have the full limits. And that's his will. Think about the story of the 12 spies. You know them. You know two of them by name. The other 10, nobody knows their name. Right? How many of you know the name of the 10 spies who said they can't? Nobody wants to listen to anybody that says you can't. But everybody knows Joshua and Caleb. And so they came to a place. Do you know how close they were when they had reached this place that the spies were dispatched? They were at a place called Kadesh Barnea. And they were one, or they were 11 days away from the promised land. I mean, they could see it. They could hear the sound, surely. They, they could see people coming and going. They were 11 days away from the promised land. And it only took them a year and a half to get there. God was putting them well on their way. And the day had came that they would be dispatched the spies that would go into there and, and come back with a report. God didn't ask them to decide whether they could go or not. He just wanted a report. Hello? And so they go in, and then the you know the story. Joshua and Caleb said, "Let's do it, man. Let's go. Why not now? We are well. Our God is well able." Come on, I'm preaching to people today and, and the apostolic movement that we need that, that revelation and that spirit of a Joshua and Caleb that says when the pastor says it's time to take this move, or I feel God telling me it's time to go this direction, that we get behind the man of God that's heard from God and we say, you know what? God is well able. Let's do it. Let's make the change. Let's make the progression. Let's take the steps. And they, they say, We're, God's well able. And then those... Those other ten, no names. We don't know what their name was. You can go read it, but you won't remember it. And they say, oh, no, no, no. We can't. Because there's giants. I'm made that. There, there's walled cities. And there's too many obstacles that are in the way, and we can't do it. And they never did. And Kadesh Barnea means the crossroads of a final decision. They didn't realize what decision they had just made. That God's will was for them to walk into that 11 days walk and march up in the promised land. 
and enjoy the blessings of God. This is what he destined for their life. This is why he called them out of Egypt. This is why he carried them through the wilderness. He put a pillar, uh, a cloud above them by day and a pillar of fire by night. He fed them the angel food out of heaven. The very first angel cake, I guess, ever on the earth. He fed them. He took care of them. He let quail die in the camp. He did. He let water come out of a rock. He turned bitter water into sweet water. He, They were his and he was bringing them. He was taking them to a promised land where he wanted them to live a life that he had destined for them. No more Egypt. No more Pharaoh. No more taskmasters. But we're about to go into the promised land but because they had unbelief they never walked in the promised land Kadesh Barnea was their crossroads of a final decision and they all died in the next 38 and a half years all but Joshua and Caleb died and those that were 20 years and down they lived and it was Joshua and Caleb who walked into the promised land I'm here to preach to us today why don't we just take the limits off of God and say Lord if you speak it we'll go God if you tell our pastor we'll do it God whatever your word says we're going to lift those limits off of God and we're going to let you have your way it was David a ruddy lad that came on the scene a terrible scene it it was Saul big Saul the king and Eliab his oldest brother who stood tall and wide shoulders and experienced at battle but they were hiding in the trenches because of Goliath they were limiting God God was wanting to slay this giant God was wanting to give victory to Israel but God couldn't do it he was limited by the mentality and the lack of faith of Saul and all the others they were standing at a very memorial moment they were standing at a potential God moment but they never walked in it on their own they never experienced it themselves they would have never defeated the giant because they were looking at the physical and not at the God they were looking at their giant and not their master they were looking at the opposition and not the force of heaven they had it all wrong the devil got them trapped into looking at the wrong things can I tell us this morning the devil still tries to get us trapped into looking for the wrong things he'll make a hungry person feel like they can't live for God he'll make a soul that's lost but wants to live for God feel like it's an impossibility but can I tell you if you'll take the limits off of God this morning I want to tell you from an old backslidden man that you can live for God the devil's a liar he's telling you that because he wants you to limit God he wants you to not pray a prayer he wants you to not kneel and need an altar he didn't want you to make up that make your decision he don't want you to do that because the moment that you do he knows full well God's going to meet you and God's going to fill you and God's going to give you the wisdom and the strength and the power you see I, I, I backslid at 13 I didn't have the Holy Ghost for six months. My dad talked about them back, them hypocrites. I grew up as a kid with my dad pointing at the church and saying, you see all them hypocrites going in and out that church up there. Well, that's my dad. He knows what he's talking about. I'm sorry, bunch of hypocrites. I didn't know what a hypocrite was. <laughs> Till later. That's all I heard. So at 13, 
after I got the Holy Ghost and I slipped up one time. The devil jumped on my back. He said, boy, if you go back to that church now, you ain't nothing but a hypocrite. And so guess what I did? I didn't go back for 16 years. I wore that monkey on my back and I didn't go back and I wasn't going to be a hypocrite, but I was hungry. I didn't want to die lost. I didn't want to go to a devil's hell. I, I let a gospel song come on the radio and it gripped my heart. I'd walk by a Bible on my mother's coffee table and it'd reach out to me. I'd ride by a church or I'd see a, an apostolic and it would do something for me, to me, because I wanted to live for God. But then this old lie the devil told me boy you don't have what it takes to live for God you'll never live for God you'll only fail the, your mama the church and God and yourself again so why bother and I listened to that lie but there was a time September the 6th 1988 I threw off the lies of hell I got so desperate for God I ran to an altar and that night God filled this old boy with the Holy Ghost I went home and I poured my whiskey down down the drain. I flushed my drugs down the toilet and I never wanted it since. Can I tell somebody today, the devil's just cheating you out of what God wants to do. The devil's just trying to talk you out of what God has in your life. If you could just see what God wants to do with you, you'd run to this altar this morning and say, I don't know if I can do it in myself, but I just going to believe God. He'll help me. You see, I couldn't do it. I'm, I'm on this side of the fence. And I'm saying, I, I can't do all that. But when you get the Holy Ghost, you're a new person in Christ Jesus. It ain't you no more. You, you don't, you're not powerless any longer. And we lift those limits off of God. Oh, I would if there's somebody here this morning. I don't have to preach any further. If there's somebody here that needs the Holy Ghost, maybe you're that backslider. Maybe you're that person. The devil keeps pushing away, keeps pushing down. It keeps telling you you don't have what it takes, that you'll never live for God. You just can't do it. You're too hooked or you're too uh, addicted or you're too far gone or too deep in sin. Can I tell you, you don't get no further than where this boy was at hardly, but it was that God who reached into my world reached right where I was at and pulled me through and God filled me with his spirit and guess what 34 years later I'm still here I'm, I made some mistakes in my life but I'm still here I've not been the perfect person but I'm still here he called me to preach his gospel and I'm still preaching devil you are a liar Somebody say, devil, you are a liar. You're not going to steal my future. You're not going to steal what God has for me. You're not going to rob me any longer. I'm going to lift those limits off of God. I God have mercy. I can just picture the scene that day as they were looking up and staring at the old giant, hearing him beller out, send me a man. Yeah. Everybody knew the conditions, so David showed up. He's just a ruddy lad. I mean, you know, he, he, can't, he didn't bring any hope that they knew of. 
But he did bring something with him that would rip the lid off of the limits of God. Day after day, that giant came out. Oh, I feel strong in the Holy Ghost. There's some folks sitting in this building. God's going to use you to rip some limits off. And God's going to blow the mind. I'm not trying to preach some, some hype message here today. I'm preaching what I feel in the Holy Ghost. There's some things that God's going to use some of you to rip the lids off of. And where people have never walked. Or maybe people were hesitant to step forward. You're going to feel that call of God. And you're going to step into that new dimension. I believe that. And God's going to pull back that curtain. He's going to pull that lid off and it's going to release the glory of God and brother, brother Schrader you're going to see things in this church by young people I believe that you've never seen before hello somebody I'm not being prophetic I'm praying what I'm preaching what I'm feeling in the Holy Ghost that God is looking for young people God is looking for anybody who show ever will that says I'm tired of living on the other side of the limits of God I, I'm tired of wishing for it or praying for it and it never coming to pass but on this Sunday morning I want to be used of God. I want to be like a David who walks on the scene that says, I'm a nobody, but I know somebody. I don't have the power, but I know the one who does. I don't have the ability, but I know the one who can. David walked up on that scene. He saw the giant. He knew all about him. I just think David couldn't figure out why they couldn't get it. But David said, I'll go. Can you imagine what they thought? David, have you been, did you get a hold of some peyote on the way over here? I mean, David, do you realize who this dude is? Hello? And David just didn't pay any attention. He said, I can do it. I'll go fight this giant. Then he looked at them. And these words grip my heart to this day when David said this because he brought everything in the right perspective. He looked at them and he said, Is there not a cause? Hear me, that's why we're seeing revival among young people in this day and hour all over America. A lot of them don't know truth yet, but they're starting with the hunger. The difference is they're not having a prayer list to go by. They're, they're seeking the face of God. You know what's going to happen? God is already pulling lids off of limits and denominations that were limited to these things before. God is already reaching into these colleges where he's never been welcome to move in that way before. And he's finding people that are hungry and thirsty. He's finding little Davids all over college campuses across America. You know what he's doing? You want to know what's really happening? God said, I'm getting ready to set this world up for the greatest end time harvest and so I'm going to find some little Davids and I'm going to use them to pull the lid off in that denomination, pull the lid off over in this denomination and this college and that college and now people are seeking God all over America. Yes, right. Woo! David said, is there not a cause? They were looking at a giant. And David was looking at a cause. Come on. It's a difference when you get her eyes on a cause. And David said, I'll go fight the dude. They start strapping armor on him. He can't hold that on. I mean, that tells you how little he was. And so he goes out there with nothing. You know the story. Just bear with me. Nothing but a sling and some stones. 
And they all going, we going to a funeral next week. That's right. Daddy ain't going to like what he's going to hear. Poor little brother's going to get what's coming to him. I mean, they, they, they accused him just of being a show-off. They didn't have a clue. But David knew something they didn't know. And David went before that giant, and that giant told him what he was going to do. I'm tired of the devil telling us what we're going to do. I'm tired of the devil having a voice in our life. And he, David listened to his mess. He told David, I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. Now, what, what would that have done to us? The devil's always trying to intimidate us, getting to, get us to back off, trying to keep us at bay because he don't want us getting, getting where God will pull the limits off. Hello? He, he don't want us getting there, Brother Codwell. He, he don't want young people getting there at all. Hello? And so David goes out there, and he's listening. And all of a sudden, something happened that blew everybody's mind. David said, oh, no. I like David. I believe there's some young people being raised up that when the devil starts telling them what they can't do, what he's going to do to them, what he's going to do to their life and their future, they're going to stand up in the face of the devil and say, oh, no. Oh, no. Ain't going to happen. I believe there's some people here right now that's tired of the lies of the devil that's kept you pushed in a corner and kept you with the limits on God. And you're right now reaching a place where you're going to say, oh, no, devil, you're not doing that to my family. You're not going to do that to my health. You're not going to do that to my pastor. You're not going to do that to my church. I got news for you. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. Hello? And suddenly this little old ruddy lad said, huh Ain't gonna happen. That's right. But I tell you what is gonna happen. I'm gonna cut your head off. And I'm gonna feed your carcass to the fowls. Hello? David just turned it on. Why can't we turn it on the devil? Why do we have to listen to his junk all week long? We come in a red hot service on Sunday and when we walk out the doors, there's a voice of that little, little wimpy devil telling us what he's going to do. We need to turn around and say, ha ha, I'm going back in there and we're going to take this out there and we're going to turn this world upside down. We're going to reach into your territories. We're going to build a church at the gates of hell. Hello, somebody. I said we're going to build a church at the gates of hell. But here's the key. I'm reaching a close. David did not go on his own strength because he didn't have it. David reached back and he explained to the giant why he believed what he believed. He said, you know, I was tending sheep and there came a lion. Got one of the sheep. And I killed it in the name of the Lord with my bare hands. Now, he wasn't out there boasting, oh, man, I've killed bears before. I've killed lions before. No, no. He said, I went out there. There was a cause. No sheep was a cause. And they belonged to God. And they belonged to my father. And that was my job to protect them. And so when a lion showed up, I'm sure his knees were rattling. 
I'm sure he was afraid that first time, but he stepped into it anyway. And he said, uh uh-uh, uh, there's a cause here. And he took him by with his bare hand, but he didn't do it by his ability. He didn't do it by his power. He didn't do it by his experience. He did it in the name of the Lord. And guess what? He slew the bear and he slew the giant. And then he turned and he said, The same God that helped me slay them, I'm going to slay you, old giant. And about that time, he whirled that stone in the air, clunk. God guided that missile, hit him between the eyes, knocked him out. David took his own sword off and cut his head off. I'm telling you, God, to back up what you're saying when you're doing it in the name of the Lord. I believe there's people here this morning that are ready to take the limits off of God and say, you know what? I want to I'm going to believe God that what he called me to do, what he sent me to do, what he put in me to do, that I can speak it and God will back it up. I said, God, you go ahead. The Bible says he'll give us power over all the power of the enemy. God tells us this, that whatsoever we bind on the earth, he'll bind it in heaven. Whatsoever we loose on the earth, he'll loose it in heaven. Why don't we take the limits off of God and let's stop binding things on this earth. Let's start speaking. Devil, you ain't gonna have my family. Devil, you're not gonna have my youth group. Devil, you're not gonna reach my city. Devil, you're not gonna take authority anymore over this place, but we're gonna loose it the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Speak it right now. I loosen the gifts of the Spirit. I loosen the liberty of the Holy Ghost. I loosen conviction. I loosen faith all over this church and all over this city. I loosen conviction and a hunger for God. Yeah. Let me borrow you a minute, brother, if you don't mind. Come here just a second. You see, made me think of something when David was standing out there looking at the giant. This is a whole new dimension for him. He's faced lions and bears. He never faced a giant. But what David did is what we need to do. Because when we face our giant, all of a sudden, we go, I don't know if I can do this. We can live for God for years and face a giant. I don't know if I can do this because we're looking at the giant. But what David did is what you and I need to do. We need to look in the rearview mirror every now and then. I mean, we're looking at the giant. He'll intimidate us. We'll start listening to him and paying attention to him. But sometimes we need to look back in our rearview mirror and we need to see what God's already done in our life. We need to see the times he brought us through the Red Sea. We need to see the times he fed us when there was no other food to be fed by. We need to see the times that ravens came and and fed the man of God twice a day. We need to look back in our own lives and it was God who was there. It was God who brought us through. It was God who answered the prayer. It was God who worked the miracle. And when we look back like David did, he looked back to the day of the lion and the bear and he turned back around and said, ain't no big deal. Hello, somebody. Come on, our giants won't be a big deal if we'll just look back in our rearview mirror every now and then and look at what God did for us in the past. Look at the great things God did in our families, in our churches, in our lives. And faith will rise up and say he's still the same God today as he was yesterday. He's still, he's still doing things now that he did back then. Let's stand together.
Every head bowed, every eye closed. God wants to do something here today. He didn't just send me by here to preach a message or to try to build our faith only or hype us up. But there's a dimension of the Spirit that God is speaking in our lives. Take the limits off of God. If you're hungry here this morning, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, (laughs) the devil's telling you you can't do it. You're not ready yet. You got to wait till you get this or that done. He's trying to tell you you're going to miserably fail. He's going to tell you all this stuff and he's going to whisper in your ear. Can I tell you? You know how I know it's a lie? Because the devil's the one talking. God is saying, Come unto me, ye that are heavy laden. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet. They shall be white as snow. God say, come on. Let's talk. Come on. Let me work in your life. Let me wash you clean. Let me make you a new person in Christ Jesus. Let me. I like what David said. He said, I was in a horrible pit in the miry clay. But he brought me out. He brought me out. You may feel like you're stuck in that pit and you can't get out. You may feel like preacher, you just don't understand where I'm at. You don't understand what I'm stuck in. Oh, but I understand the God that can reach into your world. And if you'll just reach up and take him by the hand, that's all you got to do, my friend. Come on, young person. Come on, mom, dad. Come on, backslider. Come on. All you got to do is take him by the hand. <laughs> and he'll pull you out. I said he boy, he's ready to pull you out of the miry clay and he'll set your feet upon a rock he'll establish your goings he'll put a new song in your heart I'm telling you what God will do will you give God a chance will you just say God here I am today I just want to give you a chance God I'm ready to come out of the pit come on if you're here today and you don't have the Holy Ghost maybe you're a backslider maybe you God's been talking to you lately. Maybe you've been thinking about God.